On today's show, we are back, and the Mavericks are playing basketball this week. This is the way. You you just took off your Mandalorian helmet. Where's it at? I got it back there. The Mando helmet. All kinds of thoughts about Fan Jam, and then we will talk about our five big questions. Maybe six, maybe seven. You know how we work before uh, preseason. We'll talk about all that on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Kelly? Yeah, I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com. The Tuesday tyrant, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? We are we are on preseason eve. The day before the first preseason game. Are you sure we didn't just finish like a really loud playoff game where you're just screaming your lungs out? I know. I know. My voice has been going out too, so it really feels like that's what it was. But I need to boost your microphone a little bit. (laughs) I I do want to say, what? No one's ever told me that my mic volume is low. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, People, lots I, of people have told me. I want to make a small plug real quick. If you listen, if you missed yesterday's podcast, as Nick was uh, enjoying wearing his Mandalorian helmet in uh, the whole Disney <laughs> world again, we had Iztok Franco on all the way from Slovenia, and he was great. He's such a nice guy. I've really enjoyed his coverage of the Mavericks over the past year or so, and uh, it was just cool to get a Mavericks Luca perspective. Uh, from somebody in Slovenia. So shout out to Iztok and go read his latest piece in D Magazine. Absolutely. And a really smart basketball mind. It makes me smarter every time I read him. So yeah, that was an excellent podcast yesterday. Go check that out on YouTube or wherever you get your pods because thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen of the day. Like and subscribe to the like YouTube channel. Blue. We're available free and available on all platforms, of course, including YouTube where... I'm not sure if you've you've ever listened to this, you know this, but all of our Media Day interviews are on YouTube in full as well. Go check that out. We also did some compilations. Uh, Your compilation of the first date advice was incredible. That is a must watch for anybody that needs to go watch. Uh, I also compiled everybody's answer on if Luca is bad at something. What's what's Luca bad at? He's good at basketball. He's good at video games. He's good at pickleball. Is there something that's like non basketball related? We're not trying to make him say that. Oh, he's really bad at dribbling with his left, right? Like we're not trying to say that. But uh, so that was fun. Go check that out on YouTube. All right, on today's show, we are getting into our big questions going into preseason. What are what what things can we learn? Let's kind of look ahead at this Wednesday preseason game. They're playing the Utah Jazz, their first game, and so let's get into that. Uh, but before, the, the Mavericks actually played, I guess. This is sort of like the uh, college football, you know, blue, white, like red, maize and blue, whatever, like, whatever scrimmage that they do uh, for spring football. This is sort of like that for the Mavericks. Every single year they do a fan jam or a, what what else have they called it? They've called it other things. Open practice, I think they've called that yeah. before. Um, Isaac loves it. He thinks that there's lots of basketball takes to take from it. So he'll share all of his Shut thoughts. Up. Right now. Uh, But yeah, that happened over the weekend. And I know for a lot of people that don't live in Dallas, weren't able to attend. It was streaming. You can go check it out on the Mavs Twitch channel so that it is in full there if you want to go watch it. Here's a couple of my thoughts from it. You can clip some highlights from it. There's a lot of highlights that were clipped on Twitter as well. I'm sure you can find those all over the place. But here are a couple of my thoughts from it. Um, 
Dwight Powell in like the the first couple minutes took a corner three like pretty quickly, and so I'm stretch, curious. Stretch five coming. It, are, but but Jason Kidd mentioned this. He said that you know the players are all versatile. They're going to be able to hit you from all different angles. Is he expecting Dwight Powell to be a corner three point shooter? You and I both know that Dwight Powell can hit threes. Wait, is it? It's October, so Wait. we're about what five months away. <laughs> we're five months <laughs> away from March, April. Dwight, who's like an all star. But we know in practice he's been he's been working on three since he came to the Mavericks basically, and we've seen him in practice hit like ten in a row. Right, he can hit threes. It just has not translated at all to NBA games. But is Jason Kidd going to ask him to do that? Um, I I That's, cannot act like I know what Jason. Kidd No, but we're we're just speculating. Wants. These these are my thoughts after watching Fan Jam. Uh, the starters. That was my first thought. Was Dwight taking threes? My the starters: Luca, Tim Hardaway, Dorian, KP, and Dwight were the the white team. Okay, that seems to be your starting five, right? Yeah. Like that's that's pretty set in stone now. Blue team. So this is your maybe your second unit: Jalen Brunson, Sterling Brown, Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleba, and Willie Colley Stein were the backups. Uh, Frank Nilakina and Tyrell Terry did not play. That's another news note that Tyrell Terry is away from the team right now. He returned home for a family reason, so he is. Not with the Mavericks as of right now. Yeah, um, man, super unfortunate for for Tyrell. We, you know, we had him on uh, the pod last week uh, after media day or on media day. He shared with us uh, his whole reason why he missed it. You know, a good chunk of the season last year. Go back and listen to that. I don't. I think he uh, his words will explain it more uh, yeah. as far as uh, mental health and everything. Uh, so just yeah, this situation is really unfortunate for him right now. I hate that for him. And this doesn't seem related to the issue that he told us yeah. about last season. So I don't. Ho- I hope people don't take it as, oh, well, he just always has problems and always has issues. I don't think that's the case. No, it sounds like it's a family thing, and we'll see. You know, yeah. Hopefully, he can. Um, everything turns out good for him. Um, the the other thing was Frank Nilakina did not play in the Fan Jam event. He was also out on uh, Thursday or Friday's practice and so, with an illness, so maybe that was lingering. We didn't. I don't think we got an actual reason why he was out, but that's also notable. Um, Jason Kidd called a timeout in the Fan Jam. Oh my gosh! How? How? Uh, why? And for what reason? And I was only watching obviously the broadcast feed. It wasn't there in person, but Jason Kidd called the timeout, which he's coaching both teams, right? Like it's it's the Mavericks on both sides of this. He called the timeout and then he just tied his shoes for most of the, the timeouts. <laughs> I'm not sure he's doing anything. I also coaching wise though, I found it interesting. Coaching, you're, the, you're not about to bring out a, a coaching tidbit. No, just this. coaching one side of the team. I think that coaching the the blue team, Tyson Chandler, God okay. Sham God, and Jared Dudley, and on the other side was Sean Sweeney, Greg St. Jean, and uh, Igor. So it's like the former players and the non-former players basically split up the teams. Also, the white team <laughs> and the blue team. Hey, Igor, Igor could up. have balled back in the I, day. Actually, that's true. I'm not sure if he if he played or not, but the former NBA players and then the yeah. non-former NBA players. Luka was absolutely unreal in this game. Like it just It shows just the level of... Luca was crazy. He had like a dribble spin move to a like a step back but spot up three at the same time. Just the way that is how fast he is, his ability to handle the ball. Uh, he had one time where he he got a rebound on one end, one handed baseball pass all the way down the court past Maxi, right right where Maxi couldn't get it to KP for a dunk, like all the way across court and right out of Maxi's reach. Like Luca was just insane. I don't think he missed a single shot the entire time. He was hitting from all over the place. And it just shows how good of a player he is because he can just be that casual and still play well. And 
I felt like Porzingis was matching the same energy as Luca and did not play as well. He had some he had a couple turnovers on drives. He missed some shots that were just like, you know, easy like turnaround jumpers for him. Uh and it it just shows the difference in level of play. I'm not trying to bash KP, but it just shows Luca's on this crazy other level and for KP to try and match that, he he can't right now. He's just not on that type of a level. Uh and I found that kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's also fan jam though. Like I, I'm just saying when you're, when you're, when you're you're out there playing, I'm not (laughs) not trying to take anything away from KB. It's just that when you're out there and you're playing casual, Luca just looks incredible all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this goes into one of the, um, you know, one of the questions that I kind of want to tie into this is that is a point that is talk actually brought up on yesterday's pod in, was I asked him, I said, Hey, are you worried? Like after this crazy off season, after, you know, only like three weeks of training and Olympics and hardly any off time and all this stuff, are you worried that we're going to see even, even more tired Luca? Like we've talked about the fourth quarter stuff and all this stuff. And his talk went the opposite direction. He's like, no, I think he's going to be like more like ready more than ever now because he hasn't had a break to like in a way, I'm paraphrasing this point. He hasn't really had a break to get out of shape. Yeah, right. So he's like now he's like stayed in it. And now it, so it's made me really think that, OK, I went from, man, well, Luke kind of like, you know, have a slow start to the season because of his crazy offseason. So now I'm kind of swinging the other way of like, is he just going to start off just like <laughs> blazing on fire because he never stopped playing? And he's just like, hey, while all of you guys get ready to play again in the NBA, I'm like ready from day one. And this MVP season is coming. Though that's the two that's the two angles, right? It's is he going to be super ready or is he just going to end up being wear down? And to be honest, we might not be able to answer be able to answer the one question. Is he ready right out of the gate? We'll be able to yeah. know within the first month of the season. The regular he's, season. He's going to drop a 40 first, ball in the first the one of the first 3 games and we're going to be like, "Oh, okay. That would be wild." And that then and then hopefully by the time we hit March and April, he's not so like done that basically we're like, "Oh, dang. What what are we going to do? How are we going to get him some more time? All that kind of stuff." Yeah. Uh, all right, coming up, a couple more th- no couple more fan more, jam thoughts. Couple more quick thoughts about the fan jam. I have oh, one. Let's go. I have one big one. I know you love fan jam. I and love then, it. It's great. And then we'll get into some of our big questions going into preseason. So we'll talk about that. But before we do, let me tell you about something that's going to save your season for the Mavericks this year, and that what? is Direct TV Stream. Direct TV Stream is your way right now. One of the the few ways that you can actually stream Valley Sports and the Dallas Mavericks this season. It is going to absolutely save your season. Also, it'll simplify the way you get your entertainment without the hassle. It's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream, and you can learn more at directtv.com, directtv.com, and you can watch your Mavs on there. There's not many places you can stream the Mavs, and Direct TV Stream is one of them. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Also, I want to tell you about Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities believe me this podcast started out really small we were, we were not pushing we're not pushing big numbers we were just two guys in their essentially mom's basements doing a podcast Whoa. about the mavericks 
And today we are doing incredible numbers. This entire podcast network, honestly, is just doing incredible numbers, doing crazy things. We got bought by a company without tells you anything. And we're not stopping there at all because success is a million milestones on a forever involving path. You just keep going milestone to milestone, milestone to milestone. So we love Shopify. They have the tools and resources to make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Uh, Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses. That's insane. 1.7 million. You can reach customers online and across social networks, the never growing suite of channel integrated apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You can gain insight as you grow. Possibilities are powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash lockdown MBA. That's all lowercase. That's very important. Shopify.com slash lockdown MBA for a free 14 day trial and get all get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. Shopify.com slash all lowercase locked on NBA. All right, Isaac Harris, let's, let me just give you a couple more fan jam thoughts. I know you're mm. not, a, I know you're, you're, you're all for it, but I know there's a couple people wait. out there that couldn't go, that couldn't see it, haven't watched it and are curious. First of all, Reggie Bullock is firing. He's got the, the complete like dark green green light. He took a Good. ton of threes, and when those Ooh. when those go down, he starts hitting those. That's going to be great for the Mavericks. Ooh. Tim Hardaway Jr. hit a pretty nice pull up shot early in the game, but he gets he gets kind of he was kind of an afterthought at times in the offense with this. And so I'm curious to see how he fits in that starting lineup. He he was off the bench a lot of times last year, and so eventually, will Jason Kidd put him back into that? off the bench role so that he can be more of a focal point when he's out there because when it's Luca and KP, it's the Luca and KP show and Tim Hardaway Jr. is just kind of running around waiting for, you know, scraps <laughs> from the offense, basically. Uh, and then, this is kind of my biggest actual takeaway from, from Pan Jam. All the other stuff are Ooh. just like thoughts and questions. Willie Colley-Stein should be, if he's going to be the backup center, he should be nervous about Moses Brown because Moses Brown was all over the place. His activity completely stood out, and I have to point out, it was a scrimmage. It was you know, an exhibition game. Doesn't no count. Way. All that stuff. But, Will, but Moses Brown went out there like he had something to prove, and he was going for all the rebounds. He was going for blocks. He was going for everything. He was rolling. He was, he was trying to make things happen, and... I thought that uh, I thought he, that he that knew that Nick Nurse was watching. <laughs> he's he's like, hmm, do we like this guy going Dragic? <laughs> so, but yeah, I think Moses Brown has uh, has an interesting path, and we'll see if he can earn the trust of Jason Kidd to become that backup center, and then maybe even eventually the starting center. But I think he's got a little ways to do that. I love that guy. I, I think he's I think he's he fun was great to watch. In our interview. I think he's fun to talk to. Uh, I joke about him, but uh, yeah, man, it, I I hope we do hold on to him. All right, give me another one of your big questions going into the preseason. Well, I don't know if you've heard this or not. Um, this is just something that I heard. It was just a source. So, guys, get ready if you're listening to this in the car. But this is the first healthy offseason for KP uh, in a long time. And I just – I think – honestly, if we could say what is one big question, like the biggest question of all – how healthy is KP? Like, is he like all-star KP that right off the bat, and even not even just off the bat, like a month in, what are we looking at? Is this bubble KP? Are we? Is he averaging, you know, 27 and 9 and shooting 39% from three? Like, what? how healthy is KP? That's the biggest question right Is now. it all health, though, with KP this year? Yeah, I think it is. Because we know he's coming into the season. He's not rehabbing, right? So... 
if he's fully healthy and back to like normal KP before ACL, then he's anchoring the paint. He's he's much better defensively. He can move defensively defense ladder, for sure. ladder, like all of that. He's shooting at a higher clip. Like he's actually taking advantage of mismatch. What pissed us off more than anything last year is when people could throw like a Muggsy Bogues on him in the post and it doesn't like nothing happens. Like he can't take advantage of that. If he is more efficient, he's, if he's healthy enough to make that those possessions more efficient, then that's that's what gets scary. One of my other big questions about KP is is about his role. What's his role on offense? Because Rick Carlisle tried to use him one way, and then he realized that the, you know he had that whole thing with Charles Barkley and Shaq and TNT that the post up isn't efficient, and so KP stopped posting up. Now Jason Kidd's coming in and saying KP is going to post up. So. No matter how healthy he is, I think his role in the offense matters a ton because he also had a lot of preferences. He also had a lot of things. He's like, ah, I like to play more time in the first quarter than in, you know, then get to play four minutes and then I'm out. And so Rick Carlisle, you know, understood that and, and changed Luca's whole rotation pattern for KP. Is Jason Kidd going to do the same thing for KP? What is his, his role in it? So there's two sides of this KP thing. Is it the health that's going to get him back to this all-star level that we know he can play? And obviously, he was a 20-point-per-game scorer last season, so he's not too far removed from that. Or is it his role? Well, you know, it's just a big question mark with KP. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're saying all the right things, right? Like, I mean, kids saying everything. Is like, him saying that he's going to post KP up the right thing? I don't know. I mean... Because I don't think so. But the sad thing about that is, at at seven three, it should be a it should be a mismatch, right? Like on the wings for sure. Like that whole thing about him playing against wings. Yeah, yeah. When you're a four, it should be a mismatch in that. So we'll see. We'll see what you know. He caught he caught the ball a few times in the fan jam and made some moves like in the paint. You watched it. (laughs) I saw some clips, you know, here and there. There's a lot to take away from fan jam. So Stop. when you make like he, it seemed like he moved a little bit more fluid in that, you know, scrimmage. So let's just see. Like, I, I want to see his movement. I think that's the number one thing I'm yeah. watching on Wednesday night is how not even like if his shots go in. I just want to see him move. <laughs> I just want to see, like, how are you moving? Because I feel like when we watched him against the Clippers, like it was so evident of like how like. He was like kind of slow. It's kind yep. of a little bit of shades of DeAndre Jordan, cement, you know, cement block feet. And it's like, what? Hey, Los Angeles Laker, DeAndre Jordan. Let's he go. He had an alley oop. He had a block. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that your team's old. So they're so old, though. Very, very. They old. have like ten players that have more than thirteen years of NBA experience. <laughs> it's nuts. Um, they threw up a no. graphic of like, look at all the Lakers players that have so much experience. You're like, oh my god, that team is. How many All Star appearances does it take to help LeBron? I mean, come on, he's got so many. <laughs> but no, I, I'm super anxious. I mean, I think the the biggest question mark around this whole team, the huge. whole ce- ceiling of this team, is all around KP. Absolutely huge. Yeah, the, the KP situation is huge. So yeah, you ask about the health, I ask about the role. I think and, both and, both of them matter. And also, how does where does he finish to close games? Is it how committed are they to the yeah. two bigs to close games? Like, it, how committed are they to KP at the four? Like, KP's a four, four, four. Is that just to start games or is that going to be at the end of games? Is he going to, you know, move it to the five? Are they going to bring Reggie in or Sterling Brown or somebody else to, you know, is it dependent on matchups? I just wonder how set in stone and dependent they are or how much they're committed to him at the four. 
Speaking of the Lakers, they had this whole conversation <laughs> this offseason with oh, you know yeah. LeBron and Westbrook sat down with AD and they're like, all right, we got to make this work and figure out what to do. And AD's like, okay, fine, I'll finally play the five. He didn't want to play the five for a long time. That's why you had the JaVale McGee's, the Dwight Howard's, the you know, the Marcus Gasol's, the guys brought in there that to, pl- to come in and play the five next to AD. He just didn't want to play there because of injury risk, because of all that kind of stuff. So when will the Mavericks have that type of conversation again? We'll bring that back up again. He, KP was finally playing the five last season, and it worked pretty well. It gave lots of space for Luka and for everybody else. But we'll see if they cycle through this whole thing again of, okay, we're making KP the four, and then all of a sudden we're like, well, maybe that's not the best thing, and then we'll bring it back to him playing the five again. Right? Like, yeah. It just seems like they're going to do that whole cycle again now that yeah. it's Jason Kidd in charge, in charge instead of Rick Carlisle. Because that that's what we're – you know, that's what no one's talking about right now, at least a lot is – like it's the new, it's the honeymoon stage, right? Like kids stepping in, like we're hearing all these new things. He's talking about the positive stuff. Like this is how we're going to roll. It's KP. the honeymoon stage in an arranged marriage. It feels like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, but like, we're hearing about, oh man, we're going to empower KP. He's a basketball player. We're going to get into yeah. basketball. We're going to get him shot. So he's going to be much more involved in the offense. He's not going to be just standing in the corner. Like we're saying all the right thing. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happened? I mean, you don't. You have to be honest about this. But what happens if he does get on the post and he's not efficient? What happens if he's not moving very well laterally? Then it's like, okay, well, so that's why he's not. That's why he was standing in the corner. That's why it was. I mean, believe it or not, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna take up a little bit for Rick here. It wasn't just all on Rick of why it wasn't like this. Rick just you know spun the wheel and it's like KP, you're gonna be in the corner of this game. No, it's because. The, it's like, hey, what we have been doing with him wasn't working. So this is kind of what it got relegated to. Yep, that's what we're going to find out. And we're going to find out how patient this this coaching staff is, right? How how long yeah. are they going to try things? Because they have this thing set up now where KP is going to be the four, Dwight's going to be the five, and they're going to post up KP. Two things that we kind of know, all right, don't necessarily – like the KP posting up at least isn't the most efficient thing. How long will they let it go until they're like, okay, let's – try and weed those things out or try something different with them. Yeah. All right, coming up, more thoughts from us. We got some big thoughts on the role players. We got some big thoughts on Jason Kidd himself and how he's going to coach. More there's huge questions about him. Him and Luke uh, him and KP are the biggest question marks. Uh, and so we'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about d- betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet, to put down some money, to wager, to gamble, to put money on sports. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys opening up against the New York Giants at home. Isaac, do you got a guess on the line here? You want to play guess the lines? Um, I'm going to say the Cowboys are a plus six. Playing the New York Giants at home. The no, Cowboys I'll say, are home. I'll, play, I'll say a plus seven. Uh, opposite. Yeah, they're, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're a minus seven. They're a seven-point favorite for the Dallas Cowboys. Is that really what it is? Absolutely nailed it, yeah. Let's go! A touchdown favorite for the Dallas Cowboys against the uh, New York football Giants. So if you want to put down some money on the Dallas Cowboys, and by the way, if you want to know more about the Cowboys, go listen to Lockdown Cowboys. Uh, you can put down some money on betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, we're back. We're getting some more thoughts on training camp, on fan jam, on the preseason that's starting on Wednesday. Let's get another big question. One of my big questions after KP, probably my big question is about Jason Kidd. How does Jason Kidd handle his first issue? The first 
problem, the first situation, the first thing where maybe it's the Luka and KP relationship actually becomes an issue, or maybe it's KP makes a comment in the, the media about his role on the team or his minutes on the team, or maybe it's uh, you know, Luca is frustrated with the way that Jason Kidd coaches, right? Like, there's so many different things that could pop up in an NBA season. A role player is unhappy with their role, someone other than Luca or KP. How does he handle it? How does Jason Kidd handle things? And a lot of these things, we get on the line. A lot of things, we <laughs> make sure you touch all the line, touch the line. A lot of these things, we may not know. We may not know how he handles a lot of these things until somebody writes some tell-all book or something, but. Will he make adjustments? Will he will he make adjustments in the game? Will he make adjustments like we saw Rick Carlisle do? Uh, and will he do it quick enough? Or will he do it with enough um, tact? I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, we just we don't know how. We haven't seen him as a head coach in a long time. So how's he changed since Milwaukee, Brooklyn days? And how you, you know, Rick had a certain way. You know, Rick wasn't going to give you very much when it comes to the media. How will Jason Kidd? You know, I feel like even over this first week of talking to us every day in training camp, I feel like we've already gotten a little bit more than we would have ever gotten from Rick of, Hey, KP's going to start at the four Dwight at the five. Like, you know, I don't think we would have really gotten that from Rick right off the bat. And so I don't know, like, we'll, we'll see how much more open he's going to be. If there is some friction, will he just call it out? And he's like, yeah, there is some friction right now. Like we're dealing with that. We're working through it. I've seen it before. Like we, we don't know how, that well, we don't know what kid. I, I joked at no. the you know beginning of the pod of like when you're like, hey, what are they gonna you know? Is he gonna expect that from Dwight Powell? This is just where we're at right now. All of us, media, players, everybody in the organization, all the fans, we don't know about Jason Kidd right now. So we're all just like waiting and just seeing how it plays out. And it seemed like in Milwaukee, he was sort of a my way or the highway kind of coach. But we've heard the right things from him, and then we've heard from people that have been around him, that he has learned from Frank Vogel in L.A. He learned, and he said at his introductory press conference a bunch of times, I learned that I don't know what I don't know. And he also said that, uh, you know, to, to uh, he also said to, to, to allow other, like, other influences, to let other people sort of help, basically, to, to take yeah. ideas from other people. That was another big idea that he shared. And I was like, dang, that's interesting stuff coming from, from Jason Kidd, from all the things we heard about him in Milwaukee, I hope it's true, and I hope it gets put yeah. into practice because that'll be that'll be a positive thing for the Mavericks. All right, other than other than KP, other than Jason Kidd, what's another big question you have going into the preseason? I mean, we kind of touched on earlier, but I just want to see who gets the five minutes. I want to see how it shakes out between Dwight, Willie, and Moses. Uh, I'm not I'm leaving out Bobon because I think Bobon's role is pretty set. It's going to be the same as last year, like. He's going to set out. I mean, he's, he's going to be a lot of DMPCDs. There's going to be some matchups that work out better for him, and he'll he'll step in there. And if they're getting beat, you know, he'll he's the, you know, 7-4 J.J. Barea of like, just throw it in. It's clunky. Let's just see if we can get something offense going. So I just want to see how Willie Moses Dwight shake out. Who gets the minutes and all that. Boban is like, if I'm going to make it a, a tri-sports analogy right here. Boban is somehow the knuckleball pitcher and also like your, yeah. uh, yeah, he's, he's that, but also the wildcat formation in football, right? Like he's, he's, all, he's like both of those things at once. Cause if you need, you need some offense, like direct offense, you throw him in there, but he's also just a completely different look. He's also, like Tim Wakefield and Ronnie Brown at the same had time a, had a baby and it's, 
made up made a Madden or made an NBA my career player and did it together, right? There you go. <laughs> uh yeah, so th- that's going to be huge. I and I really do think Moses Brown knows that he doesn't have a set role in this rotation. I think that's why he was trying so hard in Fan Jam, right? Like bless his heart. Uh but that's great. That's what you want to see from He's a guy. He's like Papados is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody bet him, right? <laughs> uh but he shows some things that none of the other guys have. He's somehow longer than Willie Collie's sign and he has he's a better knack for rebounding than 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 Willie Collie Stein does. He's definitely a better finisher than than Willie Collie Stein is because there are some there's a couple of of finishes that Willie Collie Stein didn't hit in Fan Jam that were like really you didn't finish that you're like a seven year you know, <laughs> player in the NBA. Well, Moses Brown he makes mistakes for sure. He does stuff that you're like wait why why did you do that right? There's just all there's all these positive negatives which is why these guys aren't for sure starters. But how will it play out? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and so. Can I give you my last question? Yeah, I got one more too. Well, I I just think this is more of like more preseason ish, but it actually does matter too a little bit. You know what's the what's the last roster move? Like they got to make a, a roster move. We've heard all the stuff about Trey Burke. We're not gonna say and get into Trey Burke stuff. Trey but, Burke looked Burke looked good at Fan Jam. Yeah, but like you know, before even the vaccination status of Trey Burke came out. We were already speculating, like, oh, Trey's gonna be as soon as Frank, you know, signed. We didn't process the whole like they had an open roster spot. They kind of snuck it in there on a press release earlier with EJ Onu and like all this stuff. And we're like, oh, that means Trey Burke's gonna be gone at that point. And we're like, oh no, Trey doesn't have to be gone. Frank's here. They still gotta make some moves. So now it's like they gotta make at least one move. Yep. And whether it's you know, I think it's it's easier money wise if Frank doesn't work, and then they're like, oh, okay, we'll cut bait cut bait with Frank's money at that point. But if you want to hold on to Frank, which I think we both want them to hold on to Frank. Um, We just like Frank. Yeah. Yeah. We love Frank. So it's like, then you have Trey Burke who makes more than a, you know, a minimum contract. So a little harder to just like eat that money and just cut him. But it, it's also a little harder too to find a team right now who's cutting back rosters to say, hey, we're going to trade you a $4 million player in Trey Burke to take up a roster spot on your team who, whenever you're about to cut players. Who also won't get vaccinated. It's gonna So there's, there's two sides. There's the it's easier money-wise to get rid of Frank Nilakina, and then it's 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 probably easier COVID logistics reasons to get rid, like to get rid of Trey Burke, right? But then you have to look at – and that's not even looking at the two basketball players, right? Yeah. Because then, because I mean, this is obvious too, but if you're trading Trey Burke to clear up a roster spot, then you're not going to take back a player. So no, you got to find a team who has cap space, who ha- who has an open roster spot or is willing to open up a roster spot. And so then all I'm, of a sudden you're giving assets to like OKC for them to take him, right? Like I know. Just- and that's the thing. It's like, how mad would Mavs fans be if Dallas said hey, they traded a second round pick in Trey Burke to like OKC? And you're giving up a draft pick to get off of Trey Burke's contract. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they'd be that mad, but maybe just irked. <laughs> I could name a few people who would be mad. <laughs> <laughs> My last big question is, can any role players take a step forward? We, we've talked about these guys all offseason as if they're the same players they were last year. But can Tim Waterway Jr. take another step forward as maybe a ball handler or as, you know, a guy that can carry a little bit more offense than just I'm a catch and shoot shooter? Can Jalen Brunson? But he's fine in that role. Like he is fine in that role. I, I want to like I don't, I don't want us to like set a, a a thing for Tim of saying like man he's got to go to a whole different like he's got to be Clay Thompson now. And it's like I don't 
I don't think he. he I don't can't. even think Clay Thompson is is the player of, of what I'm talking about. Can he do a little bit more of the ball? Is what I'm saying. Can okay. Can Tim Hardaway Jr. take a little bit of a step forward? Like Chris and, Middleton and do yeah, do a little bit more with the ball like that, right? Handle it a little bit. Can he, can he do some stuff like that? Can Jalen Brunson take a step forward and yeah. you know that's the big that he's probably the biggest one. Can he take a step forward and become more of that secondary creator the Mavericks need? Or even just the off-the-bench creator that the, that the Mavericks need. Create He can create shots for himself. He's great at that. He was hitting that fan jam. But uh, can he create for other people? Yeah, and because, like, and this isn't a disservice to these guys, but, like, I feel like Maxi and Dorian, like, when they were at their peak last year and healthy, I feel like that like that's what they, like, cap out at, which is fine for a role player role players it's just we've, we preached so much last year like it was never them that was the problem it was the problem the problem was this you know the two three four guys on the roster that you know kp the and like all that You're, yes the, the, the ranking of those so that's why if like in a way i'm like man if dorian can be what he was last year awesome if maxi can be what he was last year when he was healthy awesome like it's Jalen brunson can Jalen brunson take that next step to where he is a Bonafide, like secondary type of guy who can help run the offense when you know Luca's off the floor. He hears all the stuff that you ask him about on media day. Like, hey, you've yep. heard all the secondary creator stuff. You've heard Mark Cuban say it here in Dallas about how the Mavericks need that. Why can't you be that guy? And so I, you know, that's what he's asking himself and telling himself right now. He took ownership for the Clippers loss. He did. I don't think he needed to do that, but he said, yeah. "I let one." He's like, "We let one slip. I let one slip." When talking about the Clippers series last season. So yeah. he knows that there's some some stuff there. But that's a big question. Can a role player take a step forward? Can Jalen Brunson make us forget about Goran Dragic? <laughs> Basically, yeah. right? Like we didn't think Dragic was coming in as an all-star. So Jalen Brunson doesn't have to hit the level of an all-star, just has to be a, a pretty good role player, like a really good role player. So uh is anyone else do you think like, okay, can this guy take a leap and maybe that'll open up some stuff or change some stuff for the Mavericks? Um like Moses Brown, we kind of already talked about, but that would be yeah, a, that would be a yeah. pretty big step forward. I don't think so because I mean I think like when we're talking about huge steps, like I don't think Reggie, I don't think Tim, like the best version of them are of, of them are great. I just don't yep. know if there's a huge step. I don't know what that next huge step is for them. And I think Brunson is the one that. What is that big step for Brunson? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely the big one. Um. Yeah, I don't think they're... Or, or Amarui. <laughs> the, two, the two guys. My Chris, last... Ar Chris Arnold, by the way, at, during Fan Jam was doing the PA announcing and uh, could not get Omarui's last name. We love uh... Chris Arnold, but just could not get it. And so eventually he just said, every time Eugene Omarui hit a shot or dunked or something, he'd go, Eugene! <laughs> he just kept saying his first name the whole time. That's awesome. Uh, last question I have is, how good will the new uh, the new jerseys Look Ooh, on the floor. We got. We a, saw a, them in person. Yeah, saw a little. We never talked about them. that. Yeah, we never did. But uh, I think they look pretty good. So uh, we'll see uh, what they look like on the floor. Because on the floor, we joke about this. When you see them on the floor, on any jersey on the floor, it does change. I think it does. I think it does change how you view a jersey and everything. So yeah, you got to see them in person to make your full your full opinion about them. Yeah. So, all right, those are our big questions. Guys, thanks so much for making Locked on Mavs your first listen every single day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk more about the Mavericks versus the Jazz. There's a game tomorrow when you're listening to this show. There will be Take a game that, that night. Take that Locked on Jazz. Who, is, who does Locked on Jazz? 
I don't know. Oh, yeah, my boss, David Locke. Go listen to either Lockdown Jazz or you can listen to Lockdown Fantasy Basketball as your second listen today. Josh Lloyd doing amazing stuff every single day. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out.